welcome to episode three of Tech Vines, Geeks and Grapes. I'm your host, Melissa Gurney, and um, this week we have um, a little bit of a different show because it's more like Geeks and Agave. It's Tequila Week on the show. Um, let's first welcome my co-host, Colin. How are you this week? I'm doing well. I'm a little brain dead, so bear with me tonight. Um, it's been a hectic week, but um, I'm looking forward to relaxing with some tequila and some wine. Same, same. How about you, Scott? So uh, things are going great. I do have one question. Did you just come up with the geeks in Aguave, or did you like have that in your back pocket all day and you were waiting to throw that one out? Um, it was about five minutes ago. Okay, all I right. That was good though. I was like, oh. wasn't quite appropriate for tonight. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> there you go. So, well, that's because you're a professional. So yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of roll with it. Um, you know. The show must go on and all that. Yes, yes. Has to look intentional. But, yes. Um, anyway, this week we're going to talk a, a little bit about our tequila and then um, maybe go into the kind of home technologies we can't live without. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yep. Perfect. That sounds great. So I'll, I'll, I'll go first. So I am uh, drinking a uh, Don Julio, a white Don Julio. Um, very good, very, very smooth, but I'm chasing it with sangrita. Now, I'm not saying sangria, the, the wine and, and you know, um, um, the red wine or white wine drink. This is sangrita, which is sounds similar, but is different. Sangrita is actually based on a recipe. It's kind of like a tomato sauce where there are pretty much any variation you want to make of this and you want to call it sangrita by, you know, the technicality that it has tomato in it. It, it could be classified as sangrita. But if you look online, most of the recipes are uh, to put tomato juice, fresh squeezed orange juice, fresh squeezed lime juice, um, fresh squeezed grapefruit, and then Tabasco and pepper and salt. So I so did all of that. Yep. It's it's like a Bloody Mary with some extra steps. It pretty, it's, it's like a Bloody Mary, but it's not chunky like a good Bloody Mary smooth it's kind of you know there's a lot of pulp in it from the orange juice so it's got a it's got a good flavor but but you're supposed to sip it right so now when you, t- you take a sip of tequila and you chase it with a with a sip of the sangrita but it does it does bring out the uh the, the flavor in the tequila and helps with kind of the burn so the acidity from the tomato sort of takes away from the burn that you get from the uh the tequila so it's uh it's nice you get a burn from your tequila huh uh yes a little bit Depends, yes, yes, usually. But with any alcohol, unless you break it, you're going to get that burn. But, yeah, there's a bit of a burn. But if you try it again with the with the sangrita, not sangria, sangrita, it does have a nice flavor. And and you built this recipe all, all yourself? You, where so did you come I, up with this? All right. So um, years ago, uh, I went on my first trip to Mexico for business. Stayed in Mexico City. And the, uh, the local account team took us out to dinner. And what, what we drank is, you know, you don't order like a, a cocktail. They basically just bring you bottles of tequila, which by just so happened to be Don Julio. And they also ordered sangrita. And I had never had it before, but it was, it was nice because, again, it's just a good way of being able to sip the tequila and to be able to sip the, uh, the sangrita right with it. So when you combine the two flavors, um, they, they go great together. Now, mind you, I'm saying that, and also on that night, I also got to experience not just sangrita for, for the first time, but I got to eat fried worms. I got to eat uh, crickets. 
um, and I got to eat ant eggs, which, by the way, out of everything, the worms and the crickets, really no big deal, right? The crickets, the only thing bad about the crickets is you, the, the feet got stuck in your teeth. Yeah, the antenna. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, yeah, so you had that all night, so that wasn't a great experience. But the, the, the ant eggs, I'm, I'm glad I tried it because I know I would never eat it again because that was, you know, I can pretty much stomach anything. That stuff was just downright disgusting. So you're talking about when we were there for the Dell EMC forum then, or did you do that twice? Uh, this was like, a, it was probably around that time. Yeah, that was probably likely the event that, that uh, we were in town for. Because I remember like ant eggs and crickets and worms and all that craziness. I, but you I don't, don't remember, remember the... anything called Sangrita. You don't all. remember the Sangrita. Oh, I remember the Sangrita. I remember that. Wow. Maybe I couldn't have any. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm anti grapefruit, so that that could you know what that, that could have be been it. it. Although I don't, yeah, you know, we I, I don't remember getting too specific about what was actually in the recipe, but um, I, it does. It tastes like tomato juice. It tastes like tomato juice. Nice, nice. What are you drinking, Colin? I am drinking a. Um, what I'm, drinking? I'm drinking a Hornitos Reposado for the tequila portion. Nice. And then I have some. I'm going to follow it with wine. I'm going to do a. I'm gonna, are we doing a shot? Is that the the plan? Uh, that's what I was told. You yeah, said I was told shots, yeah. body shots. Yes, yeah, but... virtual body shots, yeah. Okay. But, um, I'm not sure <laughs> so how that's going to exactly, work. Exactly, yeah, I don't know. That was, <laughs> but, yeah, that, but that we was should late at in least the podcast the last time. I know we can do it. We, <laughs> we can tell you. Yeah. Uh, we can do a shot, yeah. And then I have I have a, a nice Saint-Emilion to, to, to follow with it for the rest of the podcast. Okay, um, so you've, you've got to tell us about this wine, too. Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, yeah, now, um, so, so I have no story about the tequila. Um, I just like it. Um, I have a bottle here and um, and occasionally take a shot or a sip or make a margarita. Um, but um, I do, you know, I'll, I do have a story about, you know, I challenged Scott last time and he got it wrong to say which rock star popularized tequila in the U.S. and how. And it was actually Mick Jagger in 1972 who started drinking tequila sunrises and made that popular. Um, and then as taste shifted away from sweetness with tequila to more, you know, citrus and other flavors like Scott is drinking now, um, things shifted to, to more of what we drink, margaritas and other things right now, but anyhow, or tequila straight. Um, no, the Santa Mignon, um, I bought this online last week because it was on sale and I've been to Santa Mignon. I biked through Santa Mignon. Uh, I did a wine and bike tour through Bordeaux five, six years ago. Um, and Santa Mignon was this place where we stayed for the last two days. So I've actually biked by this vi- this vineyard, um, and I know a little bit about it, and I haven't had it in a while, and it reminded me of, of that trip. Um, important lesson to learn, um, when, they, when you stop at a winery halfway through the day while biking, even though you have a pack on the back of your bike, don't load it up with wine. That adds a lot of weight that you have to drag uphill mm-hmm. <laughs> in this rolling wine country. So um, oh, no. it, was good. it was good wine. And I, and I took it back to the U.S., but it was a bit of a challenge. Um, but no, um, um, and this is, uh, South Amelia is great. It's a town that's on a limestone cliff or limestone hill, limestone hill. Um, and it's built at the top of the hill and the vineyards are all around it. So you... Um, we stayed at the top of this, um, at, the, at a hotel at the very top of it and looked out and you can see all the vineyards in all directions. Biking, as I said, biking up that hill is tough, especially when you're dragging additional poundage and some wine. <laughs> um, um, but the other is named Saint Emilion because there was a Saint Emilian um, who was a hermit there in the Middle Ages and he dug into the limestone cliffs and lived there for 
the rest of his life, you know, dedicating his life to the Lord and, and everything else. And they, the, the town was became named after him. But in the late Middle Ages, they actually dug um, up next to where he, in his little cave where he lived, they dug into the limestone and built an underground cathedral. Ooh. And you walk in, you know, there are these doors that open on the square and you walk in and there are no lights and these giant pillars carved out of, of sandstone and there's an arched roof and everything. It looks exactly like the inside of a cathedral, but carved out um, uh, underground. It reminded me of that scene in a Total Recall, the original, where at the very end where they've got those pillars on Mars and they're ducking behind them. It looked exactly like that. So a little, little geek humor. Um, anyhow, so that's why I picked this one tonight, because um, I figured, you know, balance something out. Um, and like all Bordeaux, it's a blend of Merlot, uh, Cab, and uh, Cab Sauv and Cab Franc. Um, I believe the Santa Millon blends, if I remember correctly, are more uh, Merlot than they are on the others. And if you go south of the river, the other, the other side of the river, they flip the proportion. It's more, <laughs> it's more um, um, Cab than it is than it is Merlot. Traditionally. Nice. So, so pretty kind of kind of heavy earthy, or or what's the what's the flavor profile? Yeah, well, what's again? It's it's um you know it's it's heavy earthy. It's more you know it's more and actually something young was where I really learned to appreciate European wines. And we talked about this on one of the other podcasts is that you know learning to drink in the U.S. you get used to these fruit forward wines and you know and single varietals. And the this is where I really learned to drink blended European wine. And what this guy at this vineyard taught us was don't try and taste the fruit flavors, try and taste the secondary flavors. And a good Bordeaux should have very, very little fruit flavors and more of the second flavors, the tannins, the tobacco, the other thing else. So this is a young, this is a 2016, so it is still a bit fruity, but you can already tell that um, a lot of the secondary flavors have been, have been developed and um, it might age really well. What about you, Melissa? What do you got? I've got Herradura. Herradura Silver, to be exact. Um, that's kind of my default when I'm home these days. It used to be Patron Silver, and I upgraded. <laughs> so, so, so how Herodura often do you drink tequila? <laughs> Since it's a default. Oh, goodness. Um, I try to keep it stocked. I've Over the last six months, I probably haven't had it stocked. So, so this is the first time I've actually gone out and stocked tequila. But I've got this, and I've got a little bit of some Maestro Dobel left, I guess. And I probably just butchered that. But but those are the two tequilas I have in the house right now. And um, this one is just good for everything. <laughs> I think Brian actually turned me on to this one. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so another uh, suggestion from Mr. Carpenter. Sorry, I'm in the so, middle of the shot. So are we going to do, do the shot now? Yeah, we should do the shot. Should Let's do the, do the shot. Let's yep. do the shot, and then we'll we'll talk right. about our technology. And Happy belated uh, Cinco de Mayo, right? Isn't Cinco that the uh, yeah? Yes. Cin- yep. Belated, okay. We have Cheers. to sing La Cucaracha. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So technology you can't live without at home, Colin. I am very interested in what you have to say here. So I a couple of things that I really appreciate now. Um, you know, and, and yeah, there's plenty of things you know I enjoy living home. I, you know, I've been a huge um, a Sonos fan forever, even though they turned me down for a job <laughs> uh, a, de- a decade ago. <laughs> yep. 
You didn't tell him about the M&Ms? <laughs> no, I did. It was right, you I, did? I've been, I've been working at EMC two years, um, and I just started working in Symmetra as a product manager. They were looking for a product manager, and I was like, great, I love music, I love home tech, and um, I got all the way to be a final, and then I didn't get it. I didn't have enough hardware experience. <laughs> I certainly got, got a crap load of that afterwards. But I, I also, I think... I think I also complained. I, th I lost points in the interview because their original controller at the time looked like two iPods jammed together. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I literally called it the, like the Eastern European controller. It was this giant thing. It had a, a click wheel on one side and a screen on the other. And you really couldn't hold it. It was big. And, and um, anyway, so I dinged them for that. I was like, what did you do? I said, but uh, no, so I love I loved all that stuff. But I was late to the video doorbell revolution um and got a so nice go ahead so yeah because i'm curious about this because i've been uh, i have a story for that but go ahead partially because the house here was never wired for a front doorbell like hmm. built in 2007 was never wired for front wired for a front doorbell so you know had one of those stick on things that would fall off periodically and replace it every couple of years and so but got one for christmas had an electrician to come in and wire the doorbell so could have the um and I have since gone um, Nest Cam crazy. There's now one over the garage, and then putting one in, in the, on the over the back door. Um, it's it, it taps into that voyeuristic, um, you know, need to go and see what's going on around you. But also, because you know, I'm working at home a lot. I always worked at home a lot, but I'm now working at home more. You know, I can actually see when someone rings the doorbell. Is it my wine delivery waiting for a signature? Or just the UPS <laughs> dropping off something I ordered from Amazon and walking away. So I, do I need do I need to interrupt my conference call or not, or put it on hold to go and sign for my wine delivery because it's all about the wine. Um, my mother uh, has a habit of driving in, so I, that's where the garage cam is there to see when my mother is around. And do I actually need to put a shirt or pants on or something um, because she will walk, just walk into the house. Um, so yeah, totally addicted to the to the Nest cams. It sort of you know gives me that peace of mind at home, which I didn't even think I knew. It was really it really was a latent need that I really didn't think I knew, um, and I'm, I'm really appreciating it. I've got another one, but Scott, what's your your one? Oh, so well, I, I've been shopping around for that right now because I'm trying to uh, you know figure out what camera to go with, and I'm looking for the doorbell ones. And I'm, I've got questions, and it'll be a two second conversation I can have with you offline about about what to do with that. But I am looking to wire it. But my reason is a little bit different because I think what's going on is I'm I'm home most of the day, but I swear to God, at some point in time, there is somebody that is breaking into the house and is taking all of my pants and shrinking them and putting them back into the same exact position. And and I have to catch who it is because it's the greatest prank in the world because, like, every time I put them on, it's like, oh, my God, these are getting tighter. Who the hell keeps doing that to me? So that's that's uh, my primary motivation is to, is to try and prove that theory correct. Um, okay, that, that makes me have to ask this question. <laughs> oh, God. What is the craziest thing you have seen on your cameras, Colin? Um, I live out in the country, so it's not, you know, cra too crazy out here. Um, craziest thing I've seen in the camera looking out was, um, uh, a, I'm going to get the religion wrong, um, because it's also Islam, Amish Mennonite family pushing their baby in a carriage down my deserted country road. Um, okay. Which, and, and I, 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 and not, I mean, 
I know the 10 houses that are around me, none of them are Amish or Mennonite. <laughs> and so it was just very weird to look up and say, you know, mo movement detected. And it's like, okay, why are they out there? But yeah, nothing super crazy. Sounds maybe like they were trying to, movie. maybe they were trying to recreate a uh, Norman Rockwell um, image and so that someone could capture that. And, uh... No, I'm, I'm sure this is Ohio. There are, there are lots of communities. There are not many down here, but um, other parts of the state there are. And so there may, there must be some, and you know, they must, must have gone out for a walk and decided to do a loop and, you know, they're, they're just some around here that I don't know about. Some like I sound like they're weird, but no. But actually, but I will tell you the worst part is biking behind them. So I bike a lot. That's my exercise. That's how I keep my pants from being substituted, Scott. Um, <laughs> but um, um, biking behind on the trails that where they have used, they also use the bike trails to um, run their horse and buggies on. Um, in addition to on the roads, um, and all that ground dust on those bike trails is really not dust it's ground horse manure so you end up breathing a lot of that in and when you have to pass them they are really really slow and it's just they're just sort of annoyance but and they drive ruts in the, in the ground with the because they don't have apparently they don't have rubber wheels that didn't make the technology cut off for them so they have metal rimmed wheels and those create ruts in the bike path that can be pretty dangerous and i actually had a friend who got caught in one and flipped and ended up cracking a, verte uh, a vertebrae in his neck on him so Ooh. So the dangers of the Amish. It's like the hood. The other piece of technology that I am currently in love with, um, home technology, is my remote garage door opener. So um, had uh, it's, it's a device you add. I can't remember who makes it, but you add it to your garage door, and it allows you to open it with your phone. Mm -hmm. versus a, a controller or everything else. Um, had nothing but problems with losing them, them losing sync, et cetera. Um, and, you know, got a, a, a new truck and the new truck wouldn't sync with the garage and stuff. I ended up doing this. And it's great because I don't have to worry about do I have the remote on me. I always have my phone. Um, I can open it remotely if I'm traveling and someone comes, like I had people work on the, the patio out here and they blew a circuit. They needed to come in the house. And I was like, oh, go in the garage, go in the garage. Or the garage was locked. Like, not anymore. You know, just hit an app and, and do it. Um, and again, I bike a lot. And so being able to close the garage door when I bike, when I leave the house and then open it back up when I get there without having to carry any extra on me um, makes it really interesting as well. So it's sort of a, you know, it's a first world problem, but having to manually open your garage door and not carry it around. But for me, it's just a really neat, unique piece that sort of makes my life easier and takes that little bit of friction out of it. I am with you there. I actually had to get a whole new garage door, garage door opener, the whole nine yards. And it came with an app that I can use my phone to open the garage. Yeah. And when you're traveling, when you're home, like it doesn't matter. Like I'm on conference calls most of my day, like a 10 call day is nothing for me. Uh, <laughs> that's actually kind of light at this point. So, so like dealing with the kids coming home from school or being outside and then forgetting their key for some reason. I mean, it was a bigger thing before yeah. quarantine, but but having the ability to open the garage and let them in the house was huge. I don't carry I don't carry um, keys anymore. Yeah. I don't, right. I don't carry keys anymore. I just use, I enter through the garage and, and lock it and I'm done. Yeah. Good to know. Nice. Don't scratch my phone <laughs> with them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ever out in uh, in your neck of the woods. I know I don't need a key. Just go old school and go in through a window. Well, what I what I've been using is <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Colin would uh, would give me the access code I'm sure if I was visiting. Um, 
Um, so, so the 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 device that unfortunately I've I've fallen in love with over the last couple of months of of being quarantined is, believe it or not, Alexa. Right, Alexa is like my best friend now, and and when I think about it, there's there's three reasons why I really like Alexa. Number one, she's really the only one that responds to me when I call them by name. <laughs> Everybody else basically ignores me, but when I call her name, she's right there. Yes, how how can I help you? So that's that's number one. So that that's reassuring, right? Um, number two is that the only time anything is ever suggested is when I ask her opinion. There's nothing unsolicited that comes in. It's just if I have a question, I'll give the question, and Alexa will do the best to, to answer as correctly as possible. And if the information is incorrect, it's not Alexa's fault. I blame it on the Internet. So that's, that's number two. <laughs> but but number, number three, again, I've thought a lot about this. Number three, and really the most important reason, is because when Alexa starts acting all kinds of crazy and just like doesn't make any sense and is incoherent, all I gotta do is reboot. I reboot and boom, right back to normal. And there's nobody in the house where it's that simple when they start acting crazy. I can't reboot them, but Alexa, just unplug, plug back in, and we're right back to where we were on day one. It's awesome. Oh, so Scott. despite your your pocket misogyny here, Scott, <laughs> <laughs> Why did, did I say something wrong? <laughs> you just basically implied that Alexa was the only woman who you could tolerate. No, no, not no. So that is that is incorrect. The only reason why not you think that is because the device's name is Alexa. If the device's name was Alex, Alex would be the only person that I could actually get along with. Okay. So Alexa it has nothing to do with the Alex. gender. It's okay. just it's, that's it's the voice. Anti-social capabilities, not human. Yeah, um, Alexa Does, answers. Really, to Alex, I didn't know by that. The way. So really? we actually had to change the name of all our devices in the house because my stepson's name is Alex. So, oh, really? so Alexa will answer to Alex, which is super annoying when you're like trying to get your full name kind of yell on at somebody <laughs> and then the computer's like hey i can help you and i'm like no you really can't <laughs> but um but Scott, but yeah. what, do you, what do you use alexa for um so it's simple things like so we're in that kind of you know the very first thing that i do in the morning is so i get up and i usually try to get my run in in the morning and i and i always want to know how cold it is outside because here in new england we're at that point in time where it could be 25 degrees or it could be 50 degrees at, at you know seven eight o'clock in the morning yep. so i got to figure out well snowstorm what am I... in may right right yep. so exactly we're getting a snowstorm on on saturday believe it or not so so i like that's the first thing that i'll ask i, I got really lazy because um i put in uh i got i ordered some outlets some um smart plugs um off of uh amazon's website believe it or not recommended so i hit the button and i got a couple of these and it's nice because I have a room that has um, lights that are on a switch, and and it's always you have to get up and you have to use the switch. Well, now I don't have to get up. I just say, you know, you know who, turn the lights on, turn the lights off, and, and I don't have to do that. And then I started walking into the other rooms, and I was manually flicking the switch, and I was like, I, I feel like a barbarian. I feel like a storage administrator back in 1994 having to count out cylinders and sectors. I, this is, this is barbarian. This isn't how things should be controlled anymore. So that I was went ahead and I six as well. <laughs> well, however, however far you want to go back, I know it's not how things are going to be controlled going forward. So I found these um, these great adapt these little plugs. Um, they're from a, a company called GoSund, G O S U N D, and what I liked about them is they were had really good reviews, but um, they were cheap. They're like six bucks each, right? 
So anything that you want to have voice uh, controlled, it's six bucks for that thing. And so you just order a whole bunch of them. And, and it's really cool because now when people come over, you just walk into a room or you turn on a device. I like to sleep with a fan on at night and I hate having to get up and I'll just tell, you know, who to put the fan on. And, and, it, and it does all that. So it's uh, it's nice. But it, again, it started off where it was kind of cool. and I did it on one thing and then I realized that, wow, the user experience and just how now I don't have to like. You know, I can do it from anywhere. And I can even do it if I forget to turn a light off or something. I can actually, you know, go into the uh, the app and I can turn it and control it from the uh, from the app. So uh, so that's nice. But that that was step one of of the kind of the um um uh, the new technology. The refresh here was was to get the uh, the automation done. And then phase two, which is what I'm beginning now, is the uh, the surveillance piece. So I've got to get kind of security locked down here as well because I'm telling you, somebody's breaking in and shrinking my pants. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find out who that is, because that's a good one. I was an early Alexa adopter, um, courtesy of Melissa. Actually, she introduced me and and the skills, and I got on board very early. But to be honest, I have stopped using her, um, and I, you know, I switched. I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't like the voice, or I don't like the fact that every now and then it doesn't respond properly. But I've mostly moved to controlling everything with the um, HomeKit on my iPhone. Um, you know, I had had, I went early on also on the Hue lights and spent a fortune on them. Um, 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 they've gotten better now and they have the ones that are not color changeable, which are, which are cheaper as well. Cause sometimes you just want to dim and you don't need, you know, I don't need to turn my living room pink. Um, well, maybe every now and then, but, um, so, um, I remember Barry Burke and I did a big thing where we, we were both talking about the, the Hue lights early on and, and, um, it was nice to be able to control them with Alexa. But every now and then they wouldn't work, and you know, like you'd say, "Watch TV," and like half of them would dim and half not, and so ended up just using it on the phone. So I basically pulled it out. The other problem I have with Alexa is, even though it's all the way across the other side of, the, of this floor, she's sensitive AF. Yes, yes. And, oh my God, yes. And I would be on a con call talking, working from home, and she would chime in, and she's loud. And like people, you know, and just random. I don't. Maybe because I was saying Alex or something. I don't know. That's I never thought about. It. I was like, why would she pick up or something? But yeah, randomly she would jump into con calls and be like, you know, intruding and and zoom bomb us before it became a zoom bombing thing. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, you can also tell her to rename herself to essentially anything you want, including computer. So if you're a Star Trek nerd, you can be like computer, do whatever, and it works. So. <laughs> Now I want to go, computer, computer, <laughs> give me the formula for transparent. So, uh, so if yes, I, yes. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I, if I could change it to anything to be able to go in and control it, you know what I would change it to? What? SMC, SMC. That, that's what I would make it. So oh. that's a, that's a, that's a face slapping oh. inside joke. Oh no. <laughs> SMC, oh, SMC. So for the, yeah. the, the storage geeks out there, you'll, you'll appreciate that one. That's painful. Painful. I appreciate so, it though. So Melissa, what's yours? What's your can't live without technology? So I'm kind of on the Alexa train still, um, in that it does some really cool things. Um, it helps it helps with the kids at night for, for like sleep sounds and, and keeping the noise down and stuff. Um, but sometimes I get super irritated because because um, we've got a show in the kitchen. And what's funny is is the show is like the least classy device in the world, right? Because you can see all these cool things, but what it keeps trying to show me are recipes I have no use for. <laughs> so it's like, we can show you how to make grilled cheese. And I'm like, 
<laughs> really? <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> I can do grilled cheese. Alexa or... doesn't think so. <laughs> right. Alexa doesn't think so. She also doesn't think I'm capable of making like, oh gosh, what was it? It was like shrimp stuffed uh, mushrooms or something like it was something way more gross than that. But still, like, I, I, I looked at that and I'm like, who wants that? Like, who genuinely wants to eat this stuff that Alexa is suggesting that I make? Like, so, so I've got, like, this love-hate relationship with it because I can pull up recipes on it and do some cool things and, and play things back. And, and the kids seem to really enjoy kind of engaging with it and asking questions. And we play, like, games and song pop and stuff like that. But, um... But one of the things I've got to echo kind of the apps on my phone kind of kind of thing. Um, specifically, we switched from Comcast to um, FiOS and went fiber at my house, like right before this whole mess started. And it's been amazing. But the more amazing part has been my wireless router because I can separate the, out the networks for the kids bullshit and like my legit work things need to happen or I need to be entertained stuff so that if they're downloading stuff, if they're streaming stuff, if they're playing their games, they have a different level of service than I do. Not only that, but when they don't do their jobs, I can turn all of it off just from my phone. <laughs> and it's amazing how much like the magic happens to Scott's point around the only people that listen to me are my <laughs> computer. Um, I've, I've turned it around because of this little um, wireless router app that says you don't get internet until you listen to me. <laughs> so, do you, so it's um, amazing. Do you do, my friend in San Francisco actually has, um, has it set so similar to that, but he has it set for his kids. So after like 9 p.m., um, they can't act. He can't access the kid. Can't access the internet because yep. he's, you know, he he's found the kid waking up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. playing on his iPad. That was a real problem for us too. Um, playing on the iPad, playing on the Xbox, like they woke me up a couple of times yelling at the Xbox at like 3 a.m. and I'm like, "What are you doing? It's a school <laughs> night. Like, it, this is insane." So yeah, we definitely have like bedtime limits, all that stuff, and you can't really set it up very well in um, in the platform itself. Um, we're we're mostly Xbox, but even with the switch and, and the Wii and all that in the house, like there's no real good way to set and enforce um, bedtime limits without them figuring out a way to get around it. So, um, so the Wi-Fi router Just set at the network layer. Yeah. Yep. yep. The network layer has been clutch clutch. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's why, that's why they always blame the network guy, the network person. It's the network, the network. Yeah, that's what I blame. Network person tells you to go pound sand. It's awesome. <laughs> I've, I've had great relationships with the network people in my career in the, in the Trump sense, the word great, right? <laughs> Sadly. I started out as a network guy. Really? My original, yep. Mm -hmm, yep. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, well, probably expired a certified Noel network administrator ah! <laughs> yes, back in the day. Yep. That's Remember awesome. Yeah. I did wire, help wiring buildings, you know, thin net, you know, you know, 10, 10 base 2, 10 base 2, doing all that stuff. I actually did some token ring stuff originally. Yep. Yeah, I'm old. Well, we had some token ring stuff. I used to work at an ISP. I was help desk at the ISP. We had some token ring stuff still when, when I started. So you're not that old. <laughs> I mean, n nobody under 30 knows what we're talking about right now, but that's okay. <laughs>
it's yep that's definitely true it's uh it's bizarre trying to like have a have an explanation around how everything works and it's just like simple things well you have you know a processor you have storage and you have network and those are kind of the three and then it's just jiggling those things around to figure out how it all comes together and they're like what i don't understand so yeah but there's there's so there's this um concept that i learned um in college and it stuck with me which is um ontological discontinuity i think ontological um or um i'll have to look that up um um well i can but it's basically the sense that um once you get to a higher level of organization it's really hard for you to go back and decompose and think about the underlying elements so it's easy for us to think about black and white dots for example um but if you arrange those dots into letters it's really hard for you to then decompose them and think about them as dots anymore. They have a different level of meaning and they've taken on that. You arrange those letters into words again, you know, et cetera. And as, as you go up sort of this, this value chain, each of them has a different level. And I think that's what's happened with technology. Sorry, I'm nerding out now. I mean, is that we've gotten to a point now where people don't think about those three things anymore, Scott. It's just like, it's there. It's a, it's all, you know, it's not computers. It's just some service that gets to deliver to them. And those of us who live with it, where we had to go and connect those three together and deal with them, or, you know, even, even before that, when you actually had to deal with, you know, building computers and putting components together, you've just sort of collapsed them into some, you know, logical unit that now, you know, has no, the parts have no independent meaning to anybody or most people. Right. It's, it's, it's all a service and, and you don't think about the inner yeah. workings anymore until you've had to feel the pain of the inner workings. Um, we, we ask an interview question that we're thinking about retiring because, <laughs> because it's, it's basically, when did you grow up in technology? Right. <laughs> so, so, um, that kind of question about the network and what happens at the network layer while um, while you're trying to do something online is is not one that's as easily answered anymore. Yeah. yeah, the the analogy that I've that I've always liked is that it's like you know it's like watching a duck, right? So when you see a duck swimming across a lake, all you do is you just see sort of this graceful stream with you know, awake in the background and everything just kind of like magically floats into whatever direction the duck happens to will himself to go. But then you look underneath and you see the feet paddling away and trying to, you know, direct and the current and all of that. And that's the stuff that, that no one realizes that that's how the duck, you know, very grace, gracefully floats from point A to yeah. point B. There's a lot um, of things under the covers that, that make that happen. Yeah, but the, I mean, it's just, but it still continues to shock me. Like I was asking my, my team, a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, something had to be fixed, and it was in HTML. And I was like, "Oh well, can you just go in and fix that?" And I'm like, "Well, it's HTML. We got to contact the designers." And I was like, "It's like HTML. minor tech, yeah, yeah." And they they just <laughs> could not do it. It was like, I was like, "God, I, you know, I mean." I remember when, like, you know, the secretary in, in, in our office was learning HTML to code the website. Yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> um, in the day, everybody knew. Yeah, everybody knew. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's 2000 plus or minus. Like, it was like the thing to know. And it's just weird that, like, no one knows it anymore. It was, you know, it was such a sort of basic fundamental tech skill. And it's not that hard, but it just seems so different. I mean, I'm not asking people to build complex websites, but, like, go in and change this text and change that color. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. So it's great. It's strange. Just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's. We gonna pull it back to the wine a little bit, yeah. or mm -hmm. um, I yeah. guess I guess the tequila in this case. Mm -hmm. But um, we should probably talk a little bit about 
about what's next, since you're the only one that brought wine tonight, Colin, um, and you're our next host. I am, yes. I, I was thinking we should definitely do wine next yep. time. Yep. We're yes. back, going back to wine. Yes, yes. we're going back yep. to wine for sure. But Well, I, we should... I let Scott get away with the tequila idea for, for a couple reasons. One, it was Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Two, it's also yours and my friend of friend diversity or friend yes yes Yes, it is i I saw that pop up and i was i was so happy i sent you something yep yeah we met at emc world yes yes we did the last emc world yes the last emc world yes (laughs) Yes. um and so it's worthy celebrating and we have a history we all three of us have a history with tequila (laughs) yes we do yes we do um, uh, so it's probably that. No, so yeah, so so we do need to go back to wine again. We need to live up the name of the podcast. You know, you know, have to do what we, it says in the tin. Um, I am thinking we go back to we do we drink the wine that you want after a tough day. Ooh, that does sound nice. Mm-hmm. It does. It usually starts as long as the bottle is full. So that's, yes. that, yeah. that's meets minimum requirements, yeah. which yeah. one's full. Yeah. Okay, here we go. But, but, all right. Yeah, when, 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 you, when you want to sing a Dolly Parton song, what wine do you open? Ooh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Strong words. Strong yeah. words. But, okay. Um, yeah, because it's been, it's been a bit of a week like that for me. And so this was a good one, but there was a different one I wanted. So we're going to drink that next week. Yep. Yeah, I was um, kind of, I was kind of feeling that too. The, yeah. the whole, this has been a really yeah. tough week for me too. So yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fun yep. kind of conversation. Hopefully, we won't have that kind of week next week. Yep. We'll just be able to enjoy anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, yep. in case we do, that's that's a solid choice. I had a good week. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, all that stressful. I mean, it was just a, you know, a lot of you know good things going on. So, but it seemed I, like I can't even believe it's like Thursday, and I can't even believe it's it's late on Thursday because I was like. Oh, I got all this time. I got the stuff to do, and then before I knew it, the day was over. So uh, time oh. is definitely, you know, it's it's it's. I know it's it's, it's been an insane by. week here. We had Monday off. Oh, um, why? Hitachi Founders Day. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes, um, the joys of working for a Japanese company. We got Earth Day off too. Uh, we get some weird holidays off. Um, did you get cool. Did you get any cake on uh, Hitachi Founders Day? Was I, I'm, if we had probably been gone into the office, it would have been a thing, or you know. But yeah, so um, Hitachi Founders Day also happens to be the Monday following Golden Week in Japan. Okay, tell me more. Golden Golden Week is a holiday in Japan where they have three public holidays. It's like the um, some emperor's birthday. Some it's a bunch, and so basically you get the entire week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's I find it very interesting that Hitachi Founders Day is is immediately follows that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like it gets you extend that week off into the long weekend. It reminds me very much of um, how in Boston um, they created they cre- they found Evacuation Day to, to create a holiday the day after uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yes, nice. <laughs> just so people didn't have to go into work hungover. So I don't know. I, I'm skeptical. Maybe it's true, but it's uh, anyway. So it was like yeah. So Japan was off for for a very long time. Um, um, but, um, but so, so of course everybody came back rushing to go on Tuesday, which was crazy. And then there happened to be some little technology news that needed to be dealt with on Tuesday. Um, and so that sort of, um, cut the week off to an interesting start. Yeah. Things are starting nice. to ramp up. We're getting into that, that time of the year where, you know, things are happening, new products are being launched. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's starting to, to pay, you know, more attention, um, to the, um, 
to what's happening out there in the uh, in the industry. So it's always it's 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 fun. It's like it's like the beginning of the season where everything is just sort of kicking off because everyone's kind of finishing up kind of that first half of the year planning, and now everybody's getting ready to get into to execution mode and start um start you know closing out the year. So it's a well, fun I think time. people have got, people have gotten over the the COVID panic and now they're just sort of settling in and like, okay, we got to get back to some semblance of business as usual. I knew, I, I knew this week that things were going to be okay for, for, for two reasons. Number one, and probably the biggest one is, is I'm sure you guys had it the same way where Starbucks, all of them were basically closed or only like a very small amount that are open. But now most of the Starbucks are now open um, but it's reduced hours, so it's from, I think, like 7 to 1 o'clock, at least that's what it was for the ones that are here. And only mobile orders only. And, and so I went, like, first morning, I packed everybody up into the car. Guys, we're going to Starbucks. You would have thought I was taking them to Disney based on the level of excitement. <laughs> Starbucks is open! Oh, my God! So excited. So put the, uh, the mobile order in, just like we were supposed to, like, you know, 10 minutes away. And I pull up, and as I pull up to the, to the area where the Starbucks is, there's a line of cars going through the parking lot. And I was like, oh, snap. This is going to be horrible. It's going to take 30 minutes. My coffee's going to be cold. This is going to be the worst experience ever. And as I got closer into the parking lot, I realized that these carts weren't lined up for the Starbucks. They were lined up for the bank. And I said, okay, so as long as the people that are, that are still controlling their finances like it's 1991, they're the ones that are waiting in line for an hour to deposit a check when they could just take a picture on their smartphone and send my it. My mother in. did that for the first time two weeks ago. She was oh, my like, God. She was like, and my mother is tech savvy. My mother actually, um, you know, she was uh, she did some QA for computer prog- uh, programmers in, in the 70s, so she's not afraid of it. And she does her online banking, but she used same thing. She used to deposit her checks all the time, and she finally did yeah. it virtually. Yeah, well, this apparently there's still a lot of people banking that way because they wanted to talk to that one poor human being that was standing at that window six feet away to figure out, you know, what to, how many nickels they they needed or whatever it was. But anyway, so I pulled in and like the front of the store was was open in the sense there were no cars, and I was like, oh man, some something's wrong. This is like way too easy. This this just doesn't make sense. But I looked in the window and I could see people in there. I said, okay, so maybe this will be all right. So I, I pull into the right in front of the door, hop out of the car, go over, I open up the door, and they go, name, and I gave them my name, and she just hands me my stuff. She says, oh, you look like a Scott. I thought that was you coming in. I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I was in and out of there in less than 30 seconds. It was like the best experience ever. And and what I would say if Starbucks is listening, because I'm sure they're out there and you know they're, they're patrolling the uh, the dark web looking for, for their names being mentioned. So if I were you, I would just run the stores like this all around because now you don't have to worry about... I just got an ad about... for Starbucks on my screen, Scott. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I'm sure you did. But now, but like it's, you eliminate all the frustrations of having to actually physically go into a Starbucks where you have it mobile ordered, right? Because you got the person in front that goes, well, I want a large. Well, what do you mean do you large? We don't have a large. We have a grande. We have a venti. Well, how big is a grande? It's like, it's, a, it's, it's grand. It's a grande. Just get it. It's like medium. It's the one in the middle. What do you think it is? So that's the number one irritation right there, not having to deal with that. And then the number two are these poor people that still pay by cash, and not just pay by cash, but pay by exact amount. So, you know, 237, and I got to watch them count out, you know, a quarter, hunt for a dime, and two pennies. It's like painful. Oh, that's gone. You just go in, you give them the name. You can even make up a name. They don't even check, right? Hey, I'm Fred. Yeah, oh, Fred, you got a thing right here. And you're like, oh, cool. It's a cookie, right? Yeah. 
But no, they're going to go back to the old way. And they've got it perfect. It's like nailed right now in terms of convenience, in and out. One of the things I'm hoping is that a lot of these companies that have started doing you know, mobile pickup or, deliver, or delivery that normally wouldn't have done it. Like I picked up pool supplies to open the pool um, the other day. And again, it was you call in your order, you give them your credit card, you pull up, you know, you call and you honk and they come out and drop it off and you're done. Um, that's yeah. really convenient and I wish, you know, that should continue. Uh, but same thing, Scott, like I've, there's a great coffee shop next to my office in San Francisco when I'm there. And I used to go in and wait in line and it's like this Australian coffee shop um, and they've got great coffee and great, you know, weird San Francisco foods, et cetera. But the line is out the freaking door just to place right. the order. Yep. And then you're waiting another five, 10 minutes for the order to be made. And I finally realized they have an app. Um, and so I'm, I'm on the BART. I know when I'm three stops away, I place the order on the app. Um, by the time I get off the BART, walk over there, it's ready. I walk in, pick it up. They don't even ask my name. It's on a little counter there. I pick it up with my name on it and I walk out. And everybody else gives me the evil looks. Like they're waiting yep. in line. I was like, that's that's my Starbucks experience in Seattle and always has been with them. As soon as they launch the mobile app, it's like you just walk in, take your stuff and leave. And you know Nobody what the greatest part of questions, the greatest part of all this is now because we freed up so much more time, we can all stand in line at the bank to deposit those physical checks now. <laughs> oh, so, no. So no, we've, we've bought oh, back no. all that time. I haven't. I mean, I when, when I moved from Boston to Ohio, I kept my Boston bank. Um, which has pros and cons because I have a safety deposit box there that I'm paying for that I can't access, but <laughs> I need to go and close at some point. You know, let me but know. Again, I'll go. But I'll go <laughs> are there any cufflinks in there or anything <laughs> no, that I would find else. valuable? I'm pretty sure I cleaned it out when I moved. Uh, but I, okay. I, want, I don't know why I didn't close it or something. Or maybe I cleaned it out beforehand or something. I don't know. That's a long story. Um, but I do everything mobile. I've done everything mobile and ATMs. And, you know, yeah, I have to pay an ATM fee here or whatever occasionally, but, you know, but, you know whatever. Who uses cash anymore anyway? I mean, that's the whole different thing like, yeah i think i've gone you know months at a time without without having cash in my bucket so same mm -hmm. um, cash cool. is so, actually frowned upon now so yeah cash is dirty and bad yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. um oh cool so we are at we're just about out of we're, time right yeah we're yeah. we're about out of time so cool. so yeah that that kind of wraps us for this week so next right. week yep yes next week Colin hosts. And I'm, I'm get, hosting. I'm, and... I'll pick. I'll pick the tech topic. It's going to be a doozy. I think I have a couple ones, but I think I want to. I want to um, shake it up a little bit, make it a little controversial. Okay. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about the wines that we drink when we're stressed. Awesome. We have. Okay. Do we have to wait until we're stressed? What if we're not stressed and we just want to have wine? I guess it's a different thing. That's a, a story for another episode. This All is right. the, All right. that's what the, the, that's what the, the tequila is stress, Got it. What do you choose for, from a wine perspective? Okay. Got it. Cool. Love well, it. I'm signing off. Good night, Colin. Have fun. All right, guys. Always fun to, to hang out with you guys and, and, uh, and geek out a little bit and, and have some, uh, some cocktails. So this is, Always uh, one of the highlights of the week. So so great seeing you guys and uh, looking forward to uh, to doing it again. Likewise, and thank you everyone for for listening. <laughs>